Tai Hong Pi is a good one. So that's rainbow farts. And no one explains this clearly on the Chinese internet, but what it, what it, it means is well, how I've translated it is excessive online flattery of your favorite kind of idol or celebrity. Andrew Methvin is the creator of the Slow Chinese Substack, which alongside Chaoyang Trap House and, well, China Talks Substack newsletter is my only other must-click China Substack. In this episode, Andrew will go through his top Mandarin words of 2021 and talk about his process for writing the newsletter. Andrew, welcome to China Talk. Thank you. Great to be here. All right. Hit me. Okay. So uh, I've got 21 words in total, but I've, I've condensed it even more down to just 10. And this is from uh, more than 1,300 words that I looked at across the last year of doing the newsletter. Uh, so the first one, and most of these, by the way, were new to me when I, so I learned them as I was writing. Uh, so the first one is, uh, it's a word called Sha Shu, Sha Shu, which is, if you translate it literally, it's killing uh, your customers or killing the people that are most of you're familiar with. And what that is, is that in the, over the last six months, particularly, Companies like DD and others, the big China's big tech firms, uh, they were under pressure from regulators for using big data to basically leverage it in a way in a, in a way for them to charge their customers higher prices, their existing customers, uh, and give their new customers better deals. So once a, once a customer is in your system, they use big data to then identify how much more they can charge you as you go along. So basically, like if I am commuting to work every day using DD, they know I'm probably going to use it the next day. And if they charge me five more quiet, it's not going to um, uh, it's not going to change my uh, I'm not particularly price sensitive. But this is interestingly something that, um, uh, you know, the regulators took from like just like Internet speak and start using when they describe these issues. This dynamic I found absolutely fascinating reading your um, uh, reading your newsletter, Andrew, how often and how quickly sort of Internet language bleeds up into like official party um, documents and speeches. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one of my other words, probably one of my favorites in this list, actually, is uh, was originally a gaming word. And then that, that then came over into social media and then into kind of official rhetoric. So I've seen it happen quite a lot in my work over the last year. Great, let's do that word. So that word is Dai Tie Zhou. Dai Tie Zhou, which uh, you'll, you'll read it in Ministry of Foreign Affairs press statements and um, uh, uh, press, what are they called? The Xinwen, Xinwen Guan. So in Ministry of Foreign Affairs press statements, you often hear this phrase Dai Tie Zhou, which is translated as pace setting or setting the pace. What it actually means in this context is leading people astray or leading the, the, the general public outside of China to think a certain thing about China. So this came from the uh, computer game, uh, League of Legends, Ying Xiong Lian Mol, and it was used in gaming chat rooms between gamers, uh, you know, several years ago now to talk about leading a good attack. And it then crossed over into social media uh, and then eventually into kind of political rhetoric. And then it's also now used to complain about, for example, state-owned companies, uh, if they're not doing, if they're doing something against the interests of the public. So this is a word that's become really kind of mainstream, but it started its life in like 19, uh, 2017, 18 in gaming chat rooms. Yeah. Andrew, I don't know how much time you spend looking at Western slang, but it seems like the... Um the uh, metabolism in, in, on the Chinese internet is much faster. Do you think that's a reasonable yeah. claim? Yeah, so I, I've found that 
uh, I think China, the, the Chinese language, again, this is just through this process. It changes so much. So I haven't been to China since 2019. And if I hadn't done this uh, over the last year, kind of consuming content and learning about all the, diff all the new phrases and how things are changing in meaning, then there's just so much you would not understand. So you've got, you've got the obvious ones like Neijuan uh, and things like that, which have been around for a couple of years, or Farasai, which is uh, translates as Vasali's literature, which means uh, kind of humble bragging. So all these, all these have come around or into use after 2019, uh, 2020, after it's been much harder to get to China. So, uh, yeah, I totally agree. It's the, the, the way that language is used and changes is much faster uh, in China than in, say, in, in the English language speaking world. So let's, um, before diving into more words, Andrew, why don't, we, why don't we take a step back and talk folks through what Slow Chinese is, um, uh, why you started it, and what's your sort of process for um, finding and uh, understanding these new words? Sure. So the, I'll start with why I started it, which was, is really simple. It's a, it's a lockdown project. So I realized after kind of late last year, uh, late 2020, that my Chinese was just getting so bad because I hadn't been to China. I was generally at home, kind of you know, working at home. Uh, and so my, my Chinese was just getting really bad. Uh, and I got lazy, so I didn't really read that much. Um, I just kind of, I just felt like that it was just going more and more narrow in terms of the words I could actually use. And then also I, I just got frustrated with only reading English language news on China because I just wanted to have a bit more kind of uh, color and texture as to not only what the stories are, but what's the language that's being used to talk about them. So I just decided to start every day, start to read the, I spent an hour, so I get up early, read an hour of Chinese news. And I did that after doing that for a couple of months, I was just doing it to improve my Chinese and to be a bit more connected with what the news agenda is from a, in China. And I realized that everything I read, pretty much every news article, there was always one or two things or lots of things that I didn't, that I had to look up. And I, I just realized that, you know, when you get to a certain level in learning Chinese, you, you can just about read news articles. Sometimes it's really hard if they're very long. Uh, and even if you're really good and you've been learning for years and years, there's always like one or 2% of things that you have to, you know, you never know everything in the, in the article, or maybe you kind of get it, but you just skip over them or, you know, just ignore them. Um, so I started to just kind of read into the backstory of different idioms and colloquialisms and things like that. And then in February last year, February, 2021, I just decided to, to start a Substack. So I, I then started to every week from February last year. So this is week 50. Woo. Uh, so yeah, two more weeks and it's 52. Andrew, so let's start with their news consumption process. How do you find articles? So I a range of different ways. So I, I do, I read, a, I read a lot of English language news. So that's where I tend to start just because it's really hard. You know, I'm just in my kind of office uh, shed. So I try to first pick up what the news agenda is in English. So then I go, so then I go very quickly into Chinese news. So the, the, the media that I tend to go to in Chinese are uh, Sohu is always quite good. The paper is always good. Uh, there's a few really good WeChat uh, accounts that I follow as well. So particularly for kind of more youth related stories called DT, 
Um, so that's more kind of youth culture, society. What's like, what is life like for, you know, if you're like a 20 something person in, in Shanghai. Uh, so that's always really good. And then probably the best, the one I read the most is 36KR, essentially Liu Ke. Uh, and that's, that's great for like entrepreneurial type interviews and things like that, business news, uh, investor news. So probably now the, the one I read the most is 36 KL. You come across a word that you don't understand. You just buy do it and see what comes up. What's the, uh, what's the process for, uh, <laughs> for investigating these words? Yeah, I normally do that first. So first I'll check, is it in the dictionary? Then I'll, then I'll Google it. And then I'll, if I still don't find anything, then I'll buy do it. And then if it's kind of an established word, um, like say, for example, or that we just talked about, or another kind of more slang type word, if it's already established within the kind of public discourse, then it will normally have a Baidu page. It might even have a video explainer, which is always quite good. I love those video explainers. <laughs> Uh, I mean, the, the, some of them are really, some of them are really good. Others are, it's like they think you're a 12 year old Chinese high school student. Oh, those are my favorite ones where it's like, <laughs> um, uh, you know, where it's like some emperor or some like, not even emperor, but it's like the emperors are usually have decent coverage. But once you get to like the, you know, like random ministers from the 12th century or something, and it's like, yeah, they're just speaking like baby language to you. And I feel a little patronized, but like also appreciate exactly, it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, this is part. This is part of what what the newsletter does has evolved a little bit. But part of it is trying to package things in a way that isn't patronizing to a foreign learner of Chinese, because a lot of it's not in a textbook. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it, I think, on some occasions, I'm like the first person to translate a word ever on the internet because some of it, some of it's so new, and it's just trying to find a way to explain it. But back to the process. Occasionally, I'll find something that I can't find on Baidu or anywhere else. And so in that uh, situation, I then try, try and read into how it's being used. Gotcha. Let's do a few more words and then we'll, uh, then we'll come back sure. to the, the narrative. So, uh, yeah. all right. Uh, next word, Andrew. Next word. Uh, this is also one of my favorites. Luo sheng men. Luo sheng men. So the English for this is, I've translated as, as Rashomon Fairness. So this is a Japanese cult film, cult classic Japanese movie from the 1950s. Uh, and for some reason, I still haven't found out why, but calling something a Rashomon affair, like a Lorsheng Men, is a situation where there's lots of different versions of the truth. So this, uh, I, I led this one when I was reading into uh, the, do you remember the, malfunctioning brakes protest at the Shanghai Auto Show for one of the, uh, for Tesla. I think it yeah. was in April. Yeah. So I learned this one reading into that story and, and why it was called a Rashomon affair was that like the movie, the cult Japanese movie, there were every kind of actor in that situation was telling a di their version of the truth, which was different. Uh, and so that's used when there's some kind of uh, situation or problem in the media where uh, it's, it looks like the person that's trying to defend their position, in this case, it was Tesla, uh, has a very different version of events to what everyone else is saying. Uh, in, the, in that particular instance, it was the, uh, the, the protester on top of the car. Gotcha. Uh, okay, I've got two idioms now, uh, both really colorful. One is, the first one is, So if you translate literally as farts rolling, piss flowing. So I translated this as market shitstorm. So this was an idiom that I saw a lot 
uh, just after the double alleviation policy was announced. And so this idiom was used to describe the financial markets uh, in the context of, of companies like New Oriental and the big kind of education firms uh, whose Hong Kong stocks completely tanked. And it was uh, a pigo niao liu, a shitstorm. So that I've, I've read that a lot this year. Uh, the next one is one you hear a lot in terms of, in the kind of entrepreneurial kind of investor world. So that's uh, running horses, circling land. And again, there's not, there's no really good translation of this that I found, but what it means is uh, kind of preemptive moves by investors or entrepreneurs into like a new sector. So for example, uh, I, I read, I read this one. There's lots of stories. This, this has been in this year, but the one I read, uh, which came to mind is, uh, do you remember, uh, Charles Liu, the founder of Luckin, who kind of how could, how went could down and, and then came back. So anyway, he, Charles Liu set, started a new, uh, fast food brand that, that opened its first restaurant in Beijing, uh, kind of in the middle of last year. Anyway, that it, it was described in the, in the press as Palma Chen Di. So this kind of. This the kind of fast food, but high quality, healthy kind of uh, restaurant meal, but aimed at young, the kind of young consumer. So a really busy, uh, energetic, quite difficult, lots of, you know, kind of uh, punchy entrepreneurs making moves. So when you read a Palma Trendy, uh, you know that it's like an early, it's a sector that's very early in its development. Uh, there's lots of people buying into it and there's probably going to be lots of kind of investors making bad investments and, and failing as well. So, Andrew, let's go back to your taxonomy of what makes these words interesting, because not necessarily all of these are minted in the past 12 months. No, definitely not. So what, what for me makes a, an interesting word, like one that goes into the newsletter? So normally it's either new to me or I've learned something new about it or you know, there's some kind of point of interest there, or I know it's going to be interesting for a language learner it's probably not in a textbook. So that's the first part. The second part is that it, they broadly fit into one of three categories. They're either old words that are now used in a completely different setting. So like, like a very old, uh, it doesn't have to be very old. It could be, for example, an idiot that was used in the cultural revolution to mean one thing, which now is used to describe the online or the kind of social media atmosphere in China today. So it's, it's changed over time or like a warring states idiom or something from the Han dynasty that was about battles and death, which is now used for, to describe entrepreneurs making aggressive investments into kind of a sector. So, uh, that's one thing. The second thing is I found that words, I found a lot of words change. So it's either to fit a particular agenda, like a political agenda. So I mentioned as the gaming word. So that's now used to, to explain or kind of make a political point. Uh, there's lots of dialect words that I've, I've learned this over doing this. So particularly Northeastern dialect or slang words, they come up quite a lot. Probably actually one of my favorites from that, which I haven't put in my list is the word zay, which means thief or mm. kind of, uh, is a, that in uh, Northeastern Chinese slang means extremely. So the same as Fei Chang. So if you say, what's a Kaisin, that means like, I'm really happy. It doesn't mean I'm a happy criminal. They, they, they change the meaning. And then occasionally you get a foreign word that comes into China. So the Rashomon word that we just talked about, 
So that was, that's a Japanese word. You get, I found quite a few Japanese words, actually. So that's the second category. The third category is completely new words. And you're right. A lot of the things that I find, they're not just new in 2021, but some, a lot of the words that I found, I think, are kind of within the last one year or, or, or two years. Um, and uh, as I said before, it, it just seems to change so much and so quickly. Uh, and then you get one word. So, for example, the word soin for uh, bamboo shoots, bamboo shoots. That sounds the same as sun in sun, height to harm or to hurt. Mm. So this word sun, bamboo, is then used as a kind of a slang word on social media to mean uh, to kind of harm or to be uh, like over the top or uh, to kind of be, be completely ridiculous or like dorsun. So lots of bamboo becomes kind of very hurtful. But then you get things that evolve. So I found this, uh, this thing called a xiehouyu, uh, which is like a Chinese version of a pun, which uses the slang, the new online slang, sun, in the context of this kind of new phrase. So they, they, they do change a lot. And those are the ones that no one knows about. Unless you're in China, you probably won't know what that means. Whereas the other two categories, they, you can kind of guess them if, if you're native Chinese or, you know, you've grown up in China, you could probably guess them. I've, a, I've actually found that, um, I know quite a few people, Chinese people that live in the UK and the US that, that would also read this because, you know, some of the meanings, particularly of the new ones, you, you don't necessarily know unless you've kind of read about them. Andrew, let's do another politics one. What's some, what's some, uh, silly stuff that's come, that's come out of, uh, she's mouth over the past year. <laughs> So I've got two. So the first one, again, this is interesting because it's changed its meaning. So wen shili de hua duo, so a flower in a greenhouse. That used to be used to describe a spoiled child uh, who was kind of spoiled and grew up probably probably in like a, a, a single child household. I think in early 2020, this was then used to describe China's position on uh, climate talks pre-COP26. And so what it now means in that context is you can't treat, it's used to say you can't treat the environment thing on its own. You can't treat that as a standalone issue. But I thought that was really interesting because you've, something that's completely unrelated to that was just used in this situation. I think partly because it's got a flower in it. And so that's, there's a link to the environment, maybe. I don't sure. know. But uh, yeah, that, that was an interesting one because of the change. And then, oh yeah. Probably one of my favorites of all the hot throughout the whole year is um, this. This didn't really come out of any any kind of political leader's mouth, but it's used to criticize political leaders, uh, which is which means let them eat meat porridge, uh, which is a story that dates back to uh, the Jin dynasty uh, in the kind of third and fourth centuries AD. So this was, uh, this is a kind of a classical tale of the then emperor who was being told by his people that the people were, you know, his subjects were starving. And his response was to say, well, let them just eat meat porridge, which at that time, meat porridge was apparently a delicacy, you know, something that only the very rich and privileged would eat. And so it's then come to mean, or it's come to use, uh, come, come to be used to say, uh, or to criticize a political leader that he or she is out of touch. And this one, this one in particular, this came up in June last year when an NPC delegate was um, quoted as saying that I think he wanted to 
Oh yeah, he wanted to uh, promote a three-year maternity leave for women. Uh, his intent was was uh, was good. So in order to encourage to kind of give better policy support for you know women who have babies, so that in, in order to kind of support them. But that was basically totally derided on social media as being completely out of touch. And a lot of the social media comments I read into that that came up a lot. I guess we should just keep going. Sure. So I've learned a surprising number of Chinese poems this year. Before I started doing this, poems to me, they were like, you would, you might know a poem or do a poem if you're kind of at some kind of really boozy dinner and it's about drinking and friendship and all this. But I, I've noticed that uh, poems tend to, in my reading, tend to come up when there's a really uh, kind of strong political message. So that I, I found that poems like a dufu uh, is used a lot to make a political message. Uh, so one that was, this came up in April. So often you get like one or two lines of a poem that are said to make the point and everyone in the Chinese audience completely gets it, but yeah, any international reader or listener wouldn't. So the one I've picked for my list is uh, which is from a, a Dufu poem. And the translation is behind the vermilion gates of the rich meat and wine go to waste. Along the road are bones of the poor who are frozen to death. Uh, and, and this is used in this kind of political context to call someone patronizing or out of touch or hypocritical. Uh, and this one in particular was used by the MFA spokesman when questioned about China's kind of vaccine diplomacy, kind of ro rolling out Chinese vaccines to the world. And her, her position was, you know, we're doing a lot more than you, you know, why are you being so hypocritical? And she used this poem to make a point. This episode is not sponsored content, but Andrew, I would like you, I would like to give you an opportunity to, uh, to talk a little bit about you going, uh, you, you, you standing up a paid version for this year. So this is, this is a big, uh, big moment for me. And I'm, I'm really excited about it. I've spent quite a lot of time trying to create something that is really useful for me. So I'm, I'm the kind of, I'm the target user or the target reader for the newsletter. And as I've been doing it, I've realized there's an opportunity to create it, to create the content or repackage the content as a resource for language learners. And so the, the, the paid version is the newsletter is the same. It's not going to change and it will always be free, but I, I've taken the content and I've, uh, I'm doing three things with it. First is it's, a, I, I do an audio version. So on Substack, you can do an audio kind of attack, like an audio file that goes with the newsletter. That's the first thing. The second thing is Pleco downloads, which I already do actually. And then the third thing, which is for me, I think this is the coolest thing. I've taken all of the words and example sentences and re uh, I've kind of put them into a database, an online database that if you remember, you get access to this. So then each word is a standalone uh, entry that you can then access. You've got the example sentence, you've got the categorization of it. Uh, you've got context and background notes, and then also there's an audio file as well. So uh, there's a kind of native audio file for each of the example sentences. And and can that database be like jacked into Pleco relatively easily? So I don't know. Uh, so I've got Pleco, uh, no problem. I do, uh, so every, all my words every week go into Hack Chinese, which I think is similar to Anki. Andrew, take us home. What are What are our final few words? Well, a few words. Okay. So let me do a few. So, 
So this is eating human blood-soaked buns. This is, uh, you read this, this, this is probably one of the most kind of common things that I, I see this all the time. And so what this means is normally it's companies or kind of entrepreneurs or companies that are using people's misfortune for their own commercial gain. And so where I first read about this was, do you remember the Zhengzhou floods last year? So there was one or two companies that used it as an advertising, an opportunity to advertise for their, in this case, it was a real estate company. And I see this come up a lot. It, its source, I only learned recently, is actually from a, it's from Lu Xun. Um, and then apparently it's also, as I've read, eating human sloped, human blood soaked steam buns is also a Chinese medicine thing as well. So that was, that was one of my favorites from the year. I've got a few more. Yeah. Okay. Lo ma jiao. Lo ma jiao. So this is expose the horse hoof. Uh, this means show your true colors or let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, I, I actually couldn't work out this story because there was several different versions of it. Th this is one of those things where no one explained it clearly why it was, why it means what it means. But lo ma jiao, it means show your true colors. And, and what was the context? Oh, the context was um, news story Lin Shenbin, who uh, I think back in 2017 became a, a, a not not an internet celebrity, but he became famous because uh, his family were killed by their um, their kind of living uh, helper, and then last year he then announced that he'd had a new wife and was having a baby with with her. And China's netizens were not so happy about that. And they, they thought that he had finally shown his true colors or as the word says, shown his hooves. I want to make sure we get to rainbow farts. So I've got two more internet, internet words. So the cool thing about internet words is that unless you, unless you've heard them before, you're probably not going to know them. So Tai Hong Pi is a good one. So that's rainbow farts. And no one explains this clearly on the Chinese internet. But what it, what it, it means is, well, how I've translated it is excessive online flattery of your favorite kind of idol or celebrity. And this is, the, the context is, uh, in November last year, the Chinese, uh, Chinese regulator, uh, internet regulator, published rules for uh, stopping un unfair internet competition in the internet sector. And Tai Hong Pi is Rainbow Farts was one thing that I read into that story that, that there's just this the kind of online culture, this, this is one of the issues that the regulators had uh, identified, rainbow farts. The other good one, which is uh, which is an idiom, which I think is crisis on all sides, but they changed, so it's now been changed to wei as in via, so they've taken the wei, which was crisis in the idiom, and then replaced it with Via's name, way up, way to me that like she's everywhere and just got so big. This was before she was done for tax evasion. But then you see the news and you're like, you know, the tax thing. And you think, ah, maybe there's something more to this idiom than just, you know, what the debtors are saying. Maybe this was kind of fed into the, the, the narrative intentionally to, to make it, to kind of fulfill what was going to happen anyway. And then the other one is qi hu nan xiao, qi hu nan xiao. The first character, Qi, is from Li Jia Qi, the other the kind of big uh, kind of live stream e-commerce. Yeah. Uh, Kou Hong, the, um, uh, the, the lipstick selling guy. Yeah, the Kou Hong, the, the lipstick guy. Yeah. Uh, Austin Lee. When I read it, it was meant in a positive way. 
But again, you look at that now and you think, well, you know, this is the year of the tiger. Uh, Via has been done for tax evasion and her idiom was, we do so there's crisis everywhere. And then Austin Lee's idiom is which as you know, is, is kind of riding the tiger and hard to get off. So uh, I, I just think that's really interesting where you've got these idioms that are invented to, to mean one thing, but then you see events unfold and then they kind of yeah maybe it's a sort of leading indicator where um if you if you're hot enough yeah. to get your own uh your own chung yu for yourself then you know you're uh yeah, you, you, you're you, too you, hot you, know, you gotta back off a little bit <laughs> uh i've got sure. a couple more if we have time normally idioms or colloquialisms that are from the deep past in china so there's like an agricultural kind of slant to it it's it, it, it from a, a time in china when everyone lived in the countryside or it's, it's about war and death and battles. So uh, I've got two, both with an agricultural kind of theme, but they, they were used in a very modern context. So the first one is 三天打鱼,两天晒阳。三天打鱼,两天晒晚. So three days fishing, two days drying your nets. Uh, one, of, one of my kind of favorite topics is reading about uh, kind of young Chinese working in the kind of 996 working situations and I, I read a lot about people going for kind of creating their own side hustles and this is the way that it was talked about so which means you know you do you do your kind of day job for three days uh, and then you do your side hustle for a day or two every week uh, and then the other one which is a uh, colloquial phrase is one rat shit ruined the pot of porridge. And this one were related to a story in June where, I don't know if you remember, a student in Hebei used the, um, the kind of app, the question app, to look up the answers to his maths test. This was uh, during the, the, the kind of Gaokao period. Anyway, that was, that was, he was described as a rat shit. That, um, and then, of that, that, then later on, you then saw that later in, in the year, uh, apps like it's called it was little monkey search questions was the name of that app this trend became bigger and bigger towards the end of last year another good one ponce that ponce that so one thing that i've noticed particularly on social media is the individuals the stories of individuals can get really big really quick and so one story that happened last year in june was um a man in shenzhen in two heidi lao restaurants in shenzhen uh took a cockroach into a restaurant and put it in his hot pot and then complained to the restaurant that there was a cockroach in his soup. And so he did that twice. And that became really big on, um, on social media. And it was described as pongzut, which is, the way I translated that is fake an accident to claim compensation. But in other words, you're, you're using it to extort someone else out of money. And that dates back to the late Qing dynasty the then kind of military organization called the Eight Banners Brothers uh, used to do that. So they would carry these enormous kind of China pots on a cart and then they'd look out for people that weren't looking where they were going and then bump into them and then blame them for knocking off this. Another one, this, now this really is a new word from 2021. Fo yuan, fo yuan. So fo as in Buddhist, yuan is, so the, the word that you might know is ming yuan. So Mingyuan is like a notable or kind of a respected female celebrity. Mingyuan. But then this word yuan has then become like a pejorative word to kind of criticize uh, 
normally quite young women who are active on social media and then tell one story on social media, but actually it's completely fake. So Fo Yuan, which is what I translated as fake Buddhist socialites. It's not only women either. So you, you saw uh, a number of male celebrities too, which would take pictures of, of themselves on the Great Wall or at a Buddhist kind of monastery um, and then, you know, kind of publish it on social media. Uh, and so that became one trend that was definitely not liked. Uh, but then you saw others come up which used this word yuan, so zhijiao yuan, which was, zhijiao is like volunteer teacher. So there was one, one story in particular, I can't remember the name of her, but a kind of a youngish woman who was a volunteer teacher in the countryside in China for years. And then it turned out that she was actually a total fake. Uh, and so this, this word I've seen used a lot, yuan, which is like um, kind of socialite, but used in a very negative sense. Not not a, not not a, not a particularly forgiving place out there in Chinese social media. Some things are really toxic. You know, the comedian Yang Li, uh, who did the So why is it why are men so confident or overconfident and yet so average? So for some reason, yeah. uh, she has she just incites this kind of real toxic uh, kind of hate on social media from clearly very misogynistic men. I don't read into that kind of stuff because it's just so negative. This Fo Yuan, you know, you could see that there's this, this kind of misogynistic kind of undertones going into some of the online commentary. Uh, but why I thought this was interesting is that you have a word that used to be like really positive and then it's being completely repurposed and used online in a, in a almost entirely opposite situation where it's then used to criticize people. All right. Let's, let's close on something, something a little more positive. Yeah. Okay. Actually, they're not that positive, are they? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or, or, or real doom and gloom. <laughs> oh, good one. Okay. So this favorite idiom from last year, which is the queen of the night flower blossoms fleetingly. So queen of the night flower is a cactus flower that only flowers once a year and for only one night. And it's actually indigenous to Mexico. But for some reason, it was imported into China in the 16th century. And then this idiom, I think since then, then became like an idiom that was used. And it means fleeting or a flash in the pan. You see this a lot in commentary, particularly of online stories. I read this one uh, when Clubhouse, is remember Clubhouse, was online like for about two days in China last year. And it was uh, the idiom that was used to describe Clubhouse's kind of fleeting appearance in China was this one, which I think is a good one. Andrew, thank you so much for sharing your words today. Everyone go check out Slow Chinese. Just Google Slow Chinese Substack and get a lovely dose of 20 some odd words you probably don't know, which I found to be just a fantastic way to both keep up with the news, send interesting stories your way. Um, and sort of boost your vocabulary in the most entertaining way possible. So, Andrew, thank you for all you do. And thanks so much for being a part of China. Thanks so much, Jordan. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks 
怎么幽默？每种就捏把自己搞完，反正曾经求过，曾经是最纯种的野兽，为何做困兽之斗？我把自己都给解剖了，场面就要失控。你到底想要什么？你又在害怕什么？你总是不停的战斗，你这次为谁而活？别再去哭，够我哭，口婆辛苦着说那些都不是我，衣服越穿越贵，却越觉得赤裸。吹，现在在吹着什么 ？Hip Hop Man 有派对，撸什么圈都变成 Doctor Dre。风吹，现在在吹着什么？早就没有派对，现在比谁更窝囊，谁都黑。风吹，现在在吹着什么 ？Hip Hop Man 有派对，我代表老学校的败类。Hip Hop 大风吹，现在在吹着什么？早就没有派对，现在比谁更窝囊，谁更键盘会杀。人现在给你一首歌的时间来杀我，我死气沉沉，早就要死不活，用你的鞭子来抽查我，都打我，都打我，都打我，别打他，最残忍的是妈宝，哭着回家找不到妈妈。请问爸，家就怎么了吗？男生向女生爱玩，办家家酒怎么了吗？靠自己爱的事情赚大钱又怎么了吗？来自街头的艺术家到底是什么鸟？是怎么着他？怎么没？ Flow 都一样，他们都一样。上街上的女孩子，他们长得多像。Holy shit， 我上次 talk 学在 talking 学，你到底活在现实还在梦里面？吹，现在在吹着什么 ？Hip Hop Man 有派对，撸什么圈都变成 Doctor Dre。风吹，现在在吹着什么？早就没有派对，现在比谁更窝囊，谁更黑。风吹，现在在吹着什么 ？Hip Hop Man 有派对，我代表老学校的败类。Hip Hop 大风吹，现在在吹着什么？早就没有派对，现在比谁更窝囊，谁更废。对呢，派对呢，派对说好的派对呢，再会了，没呢，为何只来了派克特？我业余自己不懂你的心，业余的全部广为去懂你的心。没有派对，那这局要怎么拼？消失的押韵怎么全部都变成哆来咪？加 all the two， 我上篮学会欧洲步，用你的方式来击败你，去旁边偷偷哭。有种风格叫热狗。大风吹，现在在吹着什么？